emanating live from the La La. It is QP Sports Exchange back on the air. Special edition NBA trade deadline. We got all the trades. We got all the news. We got the Woj bombs. Sham went crazy. It was really just Woj. You know how I'm doing it. It's your boy Vince hosting this bad boy. Getting it ready to go. We got a couple pieces of show biz to talk about with you. All right. Usually, we have a football Friday because of the trade deadline special. Because everything broke today instead of like trickling in as the week went by. It all went down today. So, we're going to push Football Friday back. Um, what I'll do is I'll hit you up on Twitter, QPP Network, and on Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network, and I'll give you details of when the Football Friday Pod will actually end up. So, from my guys who are hoop heads, you're going like, I don't care about that, but my football people will care about that. So. When we drop this pod today, we'll promote it, obviously, because that's what we do here. And we'll put in there the, you know, the disclaimer about Football Friday being pushed back. It just all went down today, and I just didn't have time to really get all my information straight on the football aspect for this week's pod. So, bear with us. It's not something that's going to happen very often. We just got hit with a bunch of woge bombs. So, without further ado, we are going to get into this pod. Let's go! Black Jesus. So we're back. We're going to go over these trades now. Now we're going to hit all of them. um, And we're going to give you some perspective on the team's thoughts. And what we thought of what the team did. So we'll hit you with that. Um, We're going to start with the first trade. Sacramento sending uh, Bialica to the Heat for Mo Harkless. And forward center Chris Silva who rarely played in in, uh, Miami. So, the thing about this is, is, you know, Harkness, he, he just, Harkless just never played, you know, with the Heat. So, he was injured. Um, so, it's getting a player to replace a player that wasn't playing. So, and here's the other thing. Bielitsa has some value. He's a big wing. He can help you on the defensive end. He's not just like this big plodding guy. He's not a huge shot blocker. He does take the three. Um, he's only, he's not really proficient at it. He's only shooting 29% from the land of three this year. So it's not a significant upgrade, but he was available and he'll be available for the heat. So, you know, 
it was one of those trades where you get something that's going to work out for you or in theory it works out for you and you really didn't give a lot up to get it so trade yeah whatever and basically for the kings they got off of Bielitsa's contract you know and also this will give more room to Marvin Bagley Jr. to be able to play and so he can see if he can resurrect his career um, and also just get more opportunity. I mean, hey, if you can get more burn and show the promise that you did when you were coming out of Duke as a number two overall pick, this is a good opportunity for Marvin Bagley Jr. to get out of Luke Walton's doghouse. So that's what I'm looking forward to on the King side of this trade. So we're going to move to Philadelphia now. All right. Um, and this is also going to be where we talk about Kyle Lowry. So Philadelphia got their consolation prize. They traded for George Hill. So he'll come over from OKC. And Iggy Brasdikas is basically a salary match to make it all work. Okay. So I don't even look at easy is Iggy Brasdikas as a actual player. He's, he's just there for the salary. Okay. Um, OK's quest to require, to acquire first and second round picks knows no bounds. They're kind of like Thanos in Infinity War as they're acquiring Infinity Stones. They have 34 picks over the next seven years. 17 first rounders and 17 second rounders over the next seven years. So if you think about it, right, there's 15 dudes on a on a team. You know, you might be able to stash a couple in the G League or whatever the case may be. But 34, you know, 15 and 34, they don't go in together. So at some point, those trade those picks are going to be consolidated and traded for something else. But it's a good situation for OKC because of the fact that anytime you can c continue to acquire picks and s basically stack them up like this, at some point when your team is starting to come together, now you can go ahead and say, hey, listen, we'll give you three or four first round picks for whomever. So OKC, Sam Presti is doing his thing again. He is making chicken salad out of you know what so kudos to him and thunder fans you got a team that plays super hard Shea Gilgis Alexander is a good young player to kind of build around and let's just see what happens in the draft you know everybody's trying to get into that top three you know they want to take either Kay Cunningham out of OK State or Jalen Green which is the G, G League at night kid and then there's uh, Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga, the point guard out of out of Gonzaga. So, you know, you got a situation there where, you know, you just keep on taking shots until you get the right one, right? You know, because it's really just a crapshoot. You hope that the number one overall pick that you get in the draft turns out to be a cornerstone piece. And really, at that point, it's up to the player and the development. What we do know about those guys that turn into cornerstone pieces, 
they get to the foul line, they can create their own shot off the dribble. You know, they can do a lot of things. So that's what they're looking for in the draft. They're looking for a complete player, and that's what you're hoping for. It seems like this draft will yield that for you. So that's something to keep in mind as we continue to go over all these other trades. So we're going to move on. Now, the Knicks were also part of that trade. So the Knicks slid in. <laughs> the Knicks slid into that deal like a smooth, modern Casanova sliding into the to the ladies' DMs, you know, and they moved they moved off Austin Rivers in that deal. So Austin Rivers went to Oklahoma City in that deal. Okay. Um it was crazy that they did, but here's the thing. Rivers gets a chance to play where he wasn't going to get a chance to play in New York. He had fell out of favor with uh, Tibbs. So getting him out and getting Terrence Ferguson back from OKC, which is a live body with a, with a basically a good bounce to him, and he's a wing, and Tibbs loves that. A defensive wing who's pretty lively athletically, you know, can get off the floor. Tibbs can work with that. So they're they're probably really happy about that. And Philly, Philly, you know, Philly they get they get George Hill. Okay. Now here's the thing. The Kyle Lowry thing was is still out in the air at that point. You know, so let's Let's go back a little bit. So there's still a chance for Kyle Lowry. So they get George Hill kind of going like, okay, we did do something. There's still big game hunting at that point. So as we go through this, you'll start to see. Well, we're going to go ahead and spoil the Kyle Lowry thing now. Kyle Lowry stayed in Toronto. The Lakers supposedly was after him. I'll give you news on that in a little bit. Miami was after him, and Philadelphia. I believe that Toronto wanted a young player and a pick. You know, and actually they wanted two from all reports. They wanted two first-rounders and a young player. And people weren't willing to give that up. You know, I know you heard the reports out there about the Lakers and Dennis Schroeder and... um. Uh, what was his name? Da, 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 KCP to make the salaries match, right? I'm telling you right now from Rob Palinka, he said that we didn't shop our guys. We did not shop our guys. People called. We told them we weren't interested. So you believe who you need to believe in that. All right. I didn't see the, I didn't see the vision in trading for no. Listen, I love Kyle Lowry, and I think he would have been good for Philly. I think he would have been really good for Miami. Um, and there's parts of his game that he would have been good for the Lakers. But it's hard for me to look at a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry and say, I'm going to trade a 27-year-old Dennis Schroeder who's still on the come up, who's still developing a little bit. I don't think that... Dennis Schroeder is a finished product, but I think 
you know what you're going to get from Lowry. And I think that would have been the play for the Lakers is that we know we're going to get 17 points from Lowry consistently. He's going to give us that defensive energy. He knows how to position himself correctly. And he can move without the ball. So when LeBron is in is in the lineup and healthy, you know, it's not like Lowry needs the ball in his hands 24-7. So that was the point of the Lakers situation. But from what I'm hearing around here from all the people that I've talked to is that that was a complete smokescreen. They had some stuff that was in the works, and it was more on the edges, and they wanted to kind of just really kick the tires on the buyout market. So that trade to Toronto wasn't what people thought it was on the Lakers' end, all right? So Philly, make sure they get something, you know, for the deadline. Here's the one thing that you can say about George Hill. He is a vet. He's been in playoff games. He's been in playoff series. He knows what to do. He's not going to shy away from the moment. He's going to play good, solid defense. He's going to give you effort. He's going to give you some three-point shooting, you know, and he's probably not going to screw up. So that's what you're going to get with him. And you're just lengthening your bench. You know, you're just providing a little more depth for your bench. Your starters probably stay exactly the same out of this deal. So that's what you're looking at. And here's the thing. This is what Toronto wanted. They wanted Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky in this deal. And to me, um, keeping Maxey was key because, like I said, as we go on, you're going to hear more trades, but keep in mind of the timeline. They get George Hill. They still think they have a play for Lowry because they have a deal on the table to get him. Okay? So, as we go on with the trades, the next trade out of the bat was the Denver Nuggets. You know, their opening salvo. They ended up getting JaVale McGee from the Cleveland Cavaliers. They sent two seconds. 2023 and 2027 and they sent Isaiah Hardenstein to Cleveland to kind of get the salary situation matched up you know Cleveland gets two second round picks for a backup center and the thing about it is is that hey you didn't you know you didn't sign up for too much he came in he did his thing he kept his value up the things that he was doing for the Lakers, he was doing for the Cavaliers. So now he's in Denver. He can back up Jokic. So you don't have a problem with that. There's a good, there's a chance where uh, Jokic and um, McGee can play together. And I'm sorry for the ruffling of the paper. We're also going to not edit this podcast too. So we're just going to give it to you real rugged and raw today because we just want to make sure we get this out. But the thing about JaVale being in there with Jokic is that you have a, a opportunity to play a rim protector with Jokic because he's such a great passer and such a great spacer of the floor. So you could have a twin tower situation. Um, so you 
provided a lot of lineup flexibility. So mile high basketball, where you at? The last time we kind of checked in with you, we were talking about Jeremy Grant leaving and what the hell was going on. So now we're back and we're giving you love. You know what I'm saying? So Denver, Colorado, shout out. And by the way, Denver, our prayers are with you. Okay? Um, we denounce the violence. We denounce the senseless violence um, that happened in Denver. Um, we are praying for the families. And we're just play- praying for that community, you know, to heal when it comes to that. So, you know, there's there's a lot of basketball to be talked about. There's a lot of um, trades and stuff to go over. But we're going to definitely take time out to uh, say prayers up to Denver, Colorado uh, as a whole, as a whole community. And also, we just want to send special prayers to the families who lost someone in that just just absolutely senseless act of violence. Um, I really hope that there's some some change coming. I really hope that our, our leaders that are in positions to make change, policy changes, step up to the plate and start really changing some things out because this is, uh, it's becoming too commonplace. Um, life for some reason to some people doesn't have a lot of meaning and they don't have any qualms in taking it whatsoever. So I think as our leaders and policymakers, they need to go ahead and uh, step up and uh, do the right thing and start making some changes. But we'll just leave that as that. All right. So again, McGee to Denver, Cleveland gets two second round picks. Uh, they get a salary matcher in Isaiah Hardenstein. And like I said, lineup flexibility and putting in JaVale McGee for 14 to 16 minutes is never going to hurt anybody. So I like the deal for Denver. And also, you know, it's it's crazy to me, but, you know, they're going to be back on the pod later. The big one that nobody saw coming, well, I didn't see coming, um, and I put, ooh, I was putting a lot of work into Chicago. Chi-Town, what's up? Y'all got real aggressive. They traded for Nikola uh, Nikola Vucevic from Orlando, the all-star center. So Chicago gets Vucevic, okay? They also get forward Al Farouk Amino, okay? Orlando gets Wendell Carter Jr., the center. They also get Otto Porter Jr., okay? And they get Chicago's First round picks in 2021, that's top four protected, and 2023 picks. Now, two things with this. There's no chance they're going to be in the top four in the draft because now with this pickup and with 30 games to go, they're probably not going to even be in the playoff, in the play-in game. They're probably going to be like sixth or fifth Overall, I think the the combination of Vucevic and Levine as a you know a pick and roll type situation 
is going to be devastating. Vucevic is a good passer as well. So he's not just a, a floor spacer, which is great for Levine, right? That means he gets more paint um, freedom to be able to go and drive the lane. So that's going to be great for him. And it gives their lineup a little more balance. Because with Levine, it was him in the fourth quarter. He was just cooking people in the fourth quarter. Now that you have Vucevic, now you got two to worry about. Okay, you got two guys. Because Vucevic can get buckets. That's what he does. He averages uh, 24 points a game. All right? So... That's a great thing with that. And then the other thing is if you look at the lineup right now, Sadoransky, Levine, Patrick Williams, the rookie, um, is playing well. You know, you can go Thaddeus Young and Vooch at center. Now you can now allow market marketing um to kind of lead that second unit with Kobe White, right? So now you got buckets coming off the bench, right? You got a little more lineup balance, you know, floor spacing for Levine to do his thing, right? And now you have marketing and Kobe White coming off the bench. That's a playoff team. That's like a legit playoff team. Now, I don't know how much noise they're going to be able to make in the playoffs, but getting there and getting the experience and getting a taste of it is always good. When you're this close and your star and you do have one in Levine who's under 26, you know what I'm saying? This is a time where you do make this strike. And yes, Vucevic is 30 years old, so he's a little he's a little he's a little more mature as far as the time frame to go with Levine, but man oh man, this year and what you're looking at in the East and seeing where the teams are you definitely got to go ahead and try to get this done. And I'm glad that Chicago did. So, here's the thing. Chicago, I really like what you did there. I think you struck while the iron's hot. I think that, you know, the pick for you, you with this, you probably would have been somewhere in the 19 to 23 range, somewhere in there anyway. So, the pick didn't mean that much to you. And you got Vucevic on a contract where it's just going down and down and down. So they got him for the rest of this season, he's making $26 million. Next season, he's making $24 million. And in his last season, he's making $22 million. So the, it's just declining. So you're going to have good value for a guy. It's not like he thrives on athleticism what he is now is what he's going to be at 33 and he really hasn't had a bunch of major injuries so you should be able to get pretty good play out of Vucevic for all three years so the value is good for him giving up the two picks I mean like I said by the time um, Orlando uses those picks this pick will probably be the most valuable and I can see why Orlando wanted it and I I applaud their efforts, and we're going to talk about them in one second. But for Chicago and what they're trying to do, another young guy who is drafted at anywhere between 18 and 24 is not going to move the needle enough to put you where you need to be. And Vucevic being that pickup 
he's so much better than what you're going to get in the 2021 draft, drafting at either, you know, somewhere in 18 to 24 range. So, good deal for Chicago. Now, Orlando, the Magic Kingdom. You know, I've been talking wild about y'all. I've been talking slick, right? Um, the thing with that is, is that I really am... I am proud of Orlando. Give me one second. I'm going to take a sip of Diet Coke. This podcast is sponsored by this Diet Coke. Because I'm going to need it. Because I don't want to get dry. And then I can't talk to y'all. So give me one second. Like I said, no edits on this podcast. So you're going to hear me drinking soda for a second. All right. That's good. I feel better. Back to the pot. So, Orlando, you finally did it. You finally just took the training wheels off and became an adult. And I'm happy for you. Because, see, this was the year that Orlando could go ahead and say, we're going to go ahead and tank. Not necessarily try to tank, but we had some real bad luck early in the season we lost three key guys to who were critical to our offense. And we just have not gotten it together. The continuity wasn't together. So we're going to punt on this year. We're going to try to get the lowest pick we can possibly get. We're going to try to get up into that one, two, three range and get us an absolute gem to add to our team. And oh, by the way, we're going to pick up another 2021 pick in um, Vucevic from Chicago as well. So Orlando is looking real good. So if they looking at four, let's say they're at four, right? And let's say the pick for Chicago turns out to be like 18 to 22, somewhere in there. You could take your number four pick and your number anywhere between 18 to 22 pick and see if you could get into that top two. Now, you might throw in a piece, if you are really confident that one and two in the draft, which right now, by all, pretty much by all cases, Kay Cunningham and Evan Mobley are the number one and number two pick, depending on where you, however you want to do it, K number one, Evan number two, or Evan number one and K number two. Shouts out to Evan Mobley. I told that brother on Twitter that I was going to shout him out and talk about his game. And Evan, I'm going to give it to you real rugged and rough and raw. Okay? Um, you did your thing in the tournament so far. I like the, the defensive awareness that you got going on. Okay? Even though I'm not a USC fan, you know. Then I'm a Bruin all day. I love UCLA. A clap all day. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to save the rest of this stuff for, for um, Monday's pod. Hoop Questions Monday. But this is a special edition of Hoop Questions Monday on a Thursday. Because it's a trade line edition special. But I wanted to give a shout out to Evan Mobley. Because I hit that dude up on Twitter. Because I told him my... I love what he did over the weekend, and he's really showing that he could possibly be the number one pick. 
But if you're Orlando and you're sitting there and maybe you get the number one pick, right? Or the number two pick. Maybe you get Evan Mobley, right? Okay. If you're getting Evan Mobley and then let's say you don't even have to move the pick that you got from Chicago and they're supposed to be very good uh, value in this draft after the first five. The first five are kind of like a step above everybody else. But then five through 22, I mean, it's really eye of the beholder and what you're looking for. So you can make cases for some kids to go 23 and you can make some cases for some kids to go, you know, eight. So this is one of those situations where I think Orlando did really, really well understanding that they lost Cole Anthony, they lost Markel Foltz, and they lost Jonathan Isaac literally, you know, all in like a decent close cluster of time. So I think they did a tremendous job getting two first-round picks from the Bulls. I think also giving Wendell Carter Jr. an opportunity to play for the Magic in a real non-pressure environment because you're not making the playoffs. You're just going out there and getting run. And Wendell Carter needs to show some athleticism. He needs to show that he can stay on the court. He needs to show that he is a, a dominant rebounder like he was at Duke. He just needs to go ahead and rebuild his uh, his value again. And I think being in Orlando this next 30 games, this is kind of a um, dress rehearsal for him. And hey, hey, here's the thing. Maybe you find out that Wendell Carter Jr., maybe he is not a bust. Maybe he's somebody of value and... He was just in the wrong system, and now that he can be a center for Orlando, it takes the pressure off of him, and he can start showing the skill set that made him get drafted in the lottery, you know, a couple years back. So that's what I'm looking for out of that. So this deal, really, for both teams, to me, I don't fault either one of these teams, and I can definitely understand the motives of both teams doing this deal so that's where we are with that all right so we're gonna move on we got some more orlando stuff for you so now evan fournier is now also traded he gets traded to the boston celtics okay because here's the thing what do we always talk about what does every team in the nba need they need wings that can shoot. Hear me again. They need wings that can shoot. And that wings thing is going to come up later in the pod. So wait for it. So Celtics fans, be happy. Okay? You got a wing who can stroke it from the outside. This helps Jalen Brown. This helps Kemba Walker. This helps Jason Tatum get into that lane, get into that paint because they're special isolation players, but they can pass well. So they can get into the lane, lane clogs up, shoot it out to my man Fournier, and he knocks down the triple, and it's all good. 
they need another dude that can kind of flow with the offense. And I believe that Fournier was a good piece to pick up. So why not? Why not do it? You know, it really doesn't matter. And here's the thing, Celtics fans, this is why you should rejoice in what you got. Okay? You didn't give up any young players in this deal. This was that vaunted trade exception that Danny had been holding on to for so long. Danny Ainge, the vice president of player personnel for the Boston Celtics, he had a trade exception that was created when Gordon Hayward left. And everybody was like, you got to use that bad boy. And he did. And he used it on Evan Fournier. Now, Celtics fans, listen. You know, hey, I know you were looking for something better. I know you were looking at Harrison Barnes. You had no shot at Harrison Barnes. All right? I know that you were looking at John Collins. You had a better shot at John Collins. Only problem with that is, is word on the street and word. Shouts out to my guys who getting information for me as well. Word from my guys are that um, to get John Collins, you had to put Jalen Brown in that deal. And I'm going to tell you right now, they would have had to give me a whole hell of a lot more than John Collins. You know what I'm saying? I would have been like uh, Bogdan Bajanovic. Uh, we're going to take Kevin Herter also as well in this deal. Yeah, because we're not just going to give you Jalen Brown for John Collins straight up. Jalen Brown is averaging like 26 points a game. Okay, creates off the dribble. Excellent defensive wing. Those don't grow on trees. And yes, Collins was needed in Boston but not at the expense of Jalen Brown. Okay? Now, you want to talk about picks? You want to talk about maybe some cap relief? You want to talk about some of our young guys? You want Grant Williams and, you know, whomever? Romeo Langford? I know that's not a, a real attractive package, and I understand that would have been real hard to sell to the fan base in Atlanta since... You know, Atlanta went on the streak and started winning a bunch of games. So, this is one of those situations where I think for what they had to give up, I don't think you could have done better than that, Boston. I really don't. I really don't think for what you got, what kind of three-point shooter you got, this is a guy that is going to be very, very uh Beneficial to your squad. So, just keep that in mind, Boston. Don't hate. Celebrate that you got Evan Fournier. Need to turn the page on my notes just to kind of keep it up to date. We're coming off the dome with this stuff, but I do got all this written down so then I can get it all to you. Okay. Now, Orlando finishes the demolition of their team by trading the prize 3.5 forward. Listen to the archive pods. We talked about it on Who Questions Monday, what 3.5 means. Go back and listen to the last pod on Monday, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And for you people who are new, you are welcome. And also, 
Welcome to QP Sports Exchange. Welcome to QP Nation. We are inviting you in with nothing but love and acceptance. So just come on in, grab a vine into the jungle, get yourself just indoctrinated with all of the archive pods because they will be beneficial to you later. All right. For you old school QP Nation people in the community, help out your help out your new neighbor. All right. So Orlando trades Aaron Gordon to Denver for guard Gary Harris. He's the salary matcher. Okay. And then they got rookie world traveler RJ Hampton in a first round pick in 2025. All right. All right. So Orlando. Let's talk about this a little bit. This is where it got a little, it got a little iffy for me. All right. I'm not, listen, I'm not upset with you. Okay. Magic Kingdom, I'm not upset with you. Also, shouts out to, uh, on Twitter, the Orlando Magic PR. You know what I'm saying? I follow you. You guys are funny. I love y'all. Keep doing what y'all doing. Um, here's the thing, everybody pretty much who was a contender was looking at Aaron Gordon, especially knowing that it was going to take so much to get Harrison Barnes out of Sacramento and they were still reluctant to trade him. Okay. So Harrison Barnes wasn't really on the market. People called, people were interested. Sacramento was basically saying, Nah, can we interest you in a Marvin Bagley Jr. or somebody else? Do you want Hassan Whiteside? Can I interest you in a, you know, whatever it is? But Harrison Barnes, unless they, unless somebody went up to him and said, "Hey, listen, we'll give you first, we'll give you four first round picks for Harrison Barnes." Now Harrison Barnes would have been on whomever that team would have done that. And I would have killed you for doing it. Harrison Barnes is not a four first round dude. You know what I'm saying? He is not worth first first rounders. Four of them? Are you kidding? Nah. Gas phase given all on that. So Aaron Gordon goes to Denver. Okay. Now here's the thing. It's not like I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. I'm just kind of going like these teams were desperate. We couldn't hold out for another number one or or a better young upside player. I just think it's interesting. And here's the reason why I'll tell you that. Okay. So, Orlando got rid of Evan Fournier. They got rid of um, Vucevic. They got rid of Aaron Gordon. Okay? They got rid of all three of those guys. Here's what they got back in return. They got Wendell Carter Jr., R.J. Hampton. They got some 
you know, they got some salary filler, you know, Gary Harris and some other guys or whatever. And they got three first round picks in total for those for those three guys, plus the two second rounders that you got from Boston. All right. So you didn't like you didn't like what Boston had as far as young players. You didn't like like maybe Peyton Pritchard, you know, as part of your guard rotation. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, I'm trying to think of what could have happened there. I'll tell you the team that I'm really disappointed that didn't check in on this. And it would have been kind of cool, like a little, like a human interest story as well. Is what would a what would Phoenix offered in that trade? Because could you have given them, like, either Bridges or Cam Johnson and a couple first-round picks, knowing that you're, like, number three in the West and playing well and could have used Aaron Gordon on your front line? You look at that team, and you look at what they have and the pieces they have. And then you add Aaron Gordon to the mi- to the mix. I mean, that would have been really crazy, right? Because they have Paul. They have Booker. You know, you have Bridges. You have Cam Johnson. They got Jay Crowder, right? So... Aaron Gordon would have fit real well in Phoenix. Real, real well. And I don't know why that telephone did not ring in Orlando with a Phoenix area code in it. I just don't understand it. But here's the thing. I just think that Orlando could have held out for more for Aaron Gordon. You know, I'm not saying because he's under contract, you're going to have him for another year. So it's not like you're getting a rental. I just think a couple first-round picks and a young player. Or at least a first-round pick and a better young player. You know, that was... And if kudos to Denver for getting it done. So Mile High City, you know what I'm saying? Let's celebrate. You got JaVale McGee, a big, a rim protector, a rim runner, and then you got Aaron Gordon. He's struggling from three, but he was struggling from three in Orlando where they had no help. Now, he's coming to a team where he is literally the fourth option. Okay? You got Jokic, you have Jamal Murray, you have Michael Porter Jr., and now you have Aaron Gordon. Oh, and by the way, Mike Malone won't kill Michael Porter Jr. now because Aaron Gordon can play some defense. Michael Porter Jr. looks like a three. You know what I'm saying? He gets to guard whoever the less offensive forward is on the other team every night. So, kudos to the front office in Denver. Proud of them. 
for doing a good job, taking care of business. Mike Malone won't have a stroke on the sideline because of Michael Porter Jr.'s sometimes defensive uh, kind of misgivings. So I think it was a good deal for them. I think they got the better of that part of that deal. I think overall Orlando did what they needed to do. I think they could have just done better on the package for Aaron Gordon. So we'll move forward and we'll go to Portland. So Portland had an interesting little situation go on. Okay. So Portland traded. Uh, Portland gets Aaron Gordon. No. Portland steals John Collins. No, that didn't happen either. Okay. Portland takes a swing and gets Miles Turner from Indiana. No, that didn't happen either. Nope. All three of those things did not happen. Okay, what actually happened is that the Trailblazers acquired Norman Powell from the Toronto Raptors for guard forward Gary Trent Jr. and forward Rodney Hood. All right, so let's talk about this trade from the Portland end. Okay, the Trailblazers needed a proven bigger 3 and D wing. Instead, they got more of a consistent marksman from beyond the three-point line. Also, Norman Powell is 6'3", maybe 6'4", at the most, and Gary Trent Jr. is 6'6". So you lose a lot of defensive flexibility and switchability when you have Norman Powell instead of Gary Trent Jr. Okay, now I do understand that um, Trent was going through a little slump and whatever, but you know what? He's a young guy. This is the trade deadline. Maybe the dude was a little stressed out. I bet you he shoots a lot better for the Raptors in the second part of the season than he did for Portland leading up to the deadline. All right? And if you look at it from Toronto's point of view, it's a good deal. Okay? You know, you kind of reverse what Portland did. You got a bigger wing who will have some flexibility. He can play, play the two or the three. So, shooting guard and small forward, okay? And you got younger. So, Powell's 28. Trent Jr. is 22. So, you gain more defensive versatility. And then, also, they threw in Rodney Hood, who's also a 6'7 wing who can stroke it from the outside. So, you just added more depth and you got bigger. All in one swoop. I just don't understand the trade from Portland's point of view except for more consistent outside shooting because Powell is lighting it up from outside. He's shooting like 43% from the land of three. Actually, it's 44%. And he's shooting over 50% from the field. And I think he's in the high 80s in his free throw. So, I mean, he's, he's doing it big. He's being very productive this year. Shouts out to Norman Powell. You know I love it because he is a UCLA Bruin, and we are always going to cape up for the former Bruins out there. So shout out to all the Bruins that's balling, all right? Um, But here's the thing. I just thought Norman Powell, what they got, what Toronto got for him, I mean, you can sit there and say, yeah, they, you know, they did, they did okay. 
Um, and I understand that, you know, you got both expiring contracts, so you didn't want to give up too much for him. I'm just thinking Norman Powell couldn't have got you like a young player, you know, and then the salary dump. I know his contract was a little weird because I think it's at 11.96 somewhere in there. So it's been hard to kind of really, really match it up. But I'm thinking like a mid-level guy and then like a flyer on a younger guy. I thought that would do it. And I'm just, I mean, I like Gary Trent Jr. Don't get me wrong. That's a nice piece. I was just wondering if there was something else out there. Just something else that could have helped you, you know, especially at the guard position. Let's face it. Damian Lillard is a great offensive player. C.J. McCollum also as well. A great offensive player. The problem is, is that they can't stop anybody on defense. They're too small at the guard position. Um, and they're going to get ate up when it comes playoff time. Now, the, the thing about it is, with Norman Powell, that three-guard rotation, that's going to be a lot to deal with. So they might just go ahead and just try, try to outscore you. I don't know, but that's what I'm looking at with Portland. So that's where I see the deal from them, okay? Um, now, we talked about Portland. Um, we talked about Toronto a little bit. So we're going to move on to the next deal. And that deal was kind of a weird deal, but I kind of like it in a bunch of ways. So it's a three-team deal. <clears throat> so Boston, you missed out on Aaron Gordon. You missed out on John Collins. You didn't take a run at some of these other young cats out there. Like you didn't call Orlando when they got Wendell Carter Jr. and said, hey, yo, what's it going to take to get Wendell Carter Jr. out of there? Can we give you Sammy Ojale? Shouts out to Bill Simmons. I know he's frustrated with Sammy Ojale. His bane of his existence is Sammy Ojale. But, so Boston misses out on those guys, but they pick up a decent outside stretch five, stretch four in um, Mo Wagner. His brother Franz Wagner from Michigan is doing his thing is in, in in the sweet sixteen. Okay. <clears throat> so Wagner goes to Boston. That's a that's gonna space the floor a little bit for Tatum and also for Brown and Walker. Okay, so you got that. So you got Evan Fortier and you got Mo Wagner. So look at this lineup right now. Because you could actually run this lineup out there. You got Wagner, Tatum, Brown, Fournier, and Kimball Walker. You can play five out all the time with that lineup. Okay? And then Jason Tatum could be your post-up player or Jalen Brown. They both have the ability. They both have the athleticism to do it. So that might change the dynamic. That might make Boston a little frisky. I don't think they did enough to close the gap between them and Brooklyn, but they might be a little more um, offensively dynamic. So you do get that. <clears throat> okay, from the Wizards' side of things, DC, what up? They get center Daniel Gafford 
who is just a pogo stick walking around. He's a rim protector. He's pretty much exactly what the Washington Wizards needed. They didn't have any rim protection whatsoever. Wagner is a stretch four or five, but he's not a, a big that you could sit there and say, listen, I'm going to need you to block some shots tonight. And he go out there and execute that situation for you. Okay? He is not a, a drive stopper. You know, he there's no motivation to stop, you know, 10 feet away from the basket with Mo Wagner as your center. But Daniel Gafford, that would be a whole different story. Going into the lane on the Washington Wizards might be a little perilous now. Because this dude can jump out the building. Okay? So he's going to provide them with a couple things. He's going to be on SportsCenter's top 10 plays. Okay? Also, the Wizards took a chance on a guy that I was high on when he came out in the draft. They got um, Chad Hudgeson, the 6'7 guy from Boise State, who's been kind of buried. Now, it could be buried for a reason. He could just not play. But at least you can take a flyer on him. And here's the thing. What is he? He's a 6'7 lanky wing 3 and D guy. Um, when I saw him his first year, he was stroking it pretty decent from the outside. And it just seemed like for some reason, he just couldn't get back on the court. And I don't know what happened. I don't know where he fell out of favor. I don't know what happened there. But, you know, the Wizards get a guy. You're not going anywhere. If he, you know, if he blossoms into something, you can either trade him or keep him. So, always, if you are a GM out there and you have a struggling franchise, always take a flyer on a guy. Especially somebody who has shown just even just sparks of brilliance somewhere. Because you might be able to pull it out of him. Your player development might be better than Chicago's. So you never know. So I hope that Chad Hunterson gets a chance to play. I hope he gets a chance to defend. And I hope he gets a chance to ball out of control. So he can go ahead and get that back. Now, the Bulls landed Daniel Tice for a backup role. Um, and an intriguing name in the trade was Troy Brown Jr. So, he's a good pick and roll guy. He has good ability in that. And I think he and Vucevic and uh, Lori Marketing will be excellent at that as well. Um, he has a little wiggle to his game. A little sauce. So can get a little spicy and also with marketing and Vucevic you're looking at guys who can step out to the three-point line and let him cook in the lane so you know I don't have a problem with them taking a flyer on uh Troy Brown Jr. um not at all I think Daniel Tice gives them a competent guy that you can plug and play and give him something like 16 to 22 minutes and you'd be good because he can floor space you know what I'm saying he can mix it up on the inside and do his thing but now you're not overexposing him what was happening in Boston is because they weren't 
like 100% so on a time lord okay um and they really didn't have anybody else to put and Tristan Thompson wasn't giving giving them what they wanted so getting you know getting a you know a guy like uh you know getting a guy like Tice is good you know and you can like I said you can hide him a little bit cuz now you got some you got some stuff you know what I'm saying you got Thaddeus Young you know he can help on that defensive situation you got Patrick Williams he can help uh help side defense off the weak side and block a shot so you know, you're not sitting there saying, listen, we're going to have you guard, like, pretty much all the centers and power forwards, and you're going to play, like, 32 minutes a night. You're not asking Daniel Tice to do that. All you're asking him to do is hold his ground, you know, slow the guy up a little bit, muck it up a little bit, and then just stand outside and hit a couple J's and grab some boards. Doesn't seem too, too hard to me. You know, just let him do it. So, I mean, overall, I think – um, I really like what the Wizards did here. I like that they took some upside in uh, Daniel Gafford. I, I like that they took some upside in Chad Hutchison. Um, I understand the motivation for Boston getting Wagner. Just a, you know, he's he's a couple inches bigger than Tice. So even though he doesn't jump out the building, he plays good pos- positional defense. So you know, you don't really lose anything. You know, when it comes to Tice and, and Wagner, when it comes to that, you also maybe get somebody who can, you know, stroke it more consistently from the outside when you talk about Wagner. So I like that deal more for the Wizards than anybody else in that deal. But, you know, I'm not mad with Boston got. I mean, especially with, you know, getting so close to the trade deadline here at this point. So when this is happening... You know, we're getting closer. We're like within 30 minutes when this is going down. So, um, and then the Bulls, you know, like I said, Tice, not bad back up. You know, you're not really, you know, killing the world with this trade. You know, you just, hey, I'm going to move some stuff along. Does it kind of fit kind of what I need? Seems like extra duplication. So, let's go ahead and make some changes, right? Let's get a little crazy. Hits. We back, took a little break, got to catch my breath. You know, we're doing this solo mission style. It's a emergency pod. It's a special edition pod. So I had to take a little break because I wanted to catch my breath because this is my favorite trade of the day. Okay. So Atlanta sent playoff Rondo to the Clippers. For and one specialist, Lou Williams. Man, I've been waiting for this so long. Mm-mm-mm. Rejoice. Rejoice, hoopheads. 
we finally got Lou Will back with Magic City and their tremendous chicken wings. Now, provided that's also in the champagne room, I can almost see it all now, right? Just think about this. Lou from the ATL going back home like the conquering hero. You know what I'm saying? Going to Magic City, eating lemon pepper chicken wings. Ah, it's going to be great. You know what I also imagine a little bit? Think about this, right? So Lou Williams going back to the ATL. And I'm a, um, I like hip hop. And uh, I'm a big fan of like Jermaine Dupree. And he always saw, you know, he has a song called Welcome to Atlanta. But I was just thinking about a movie that I love. And I was kind of thinking of Lou Will in this movie. And we have just some of, some of ATL's finest also in the movie with him. So this is our, this is QP Sports Exchange spinoff of Ocean's Eleven. The ATL edition. So here you you have an all-star cast, right? Okay. I'm talking about some of ATL's most prominent, prominent stars, right? So you get like Jermaine Dupree, right? Gotta have Jermaine. JD is in the house. Alright. You would also get T.I., King of the South. Gotta have him in there. Oh man. Two chains? Are you kidding me? Two chains definitely is in this movie as well. And then you got R&B, you know, Killer, Usher. You imagine Usher, Little John hanging out as well. You know I can't forget about my man Jeezy. We'll throw Soldier Boy in there. Oh, yeah, and we got to have Andre 3000 also in that piece as well. And just for a little variety, right, we'll also include John Mayer. And we'll include also Matt Ryan, Matty Ice of the Falcons as part of ATL's Ocean's Eleven. And then we would also include... Atlanta Braves superstar Ronald Acuna Jr. And then you got Lou Will himself. Mr. Magic City himself. Listen, I just went for the wings, man. I just went for the wings. But you can just see it now. They're all going to Magic City. They're all walking like side by side. You know the picture. You know, if you saw Ocean's Eleven, you saw it. They were all standing there in front of the water fountain. In this case, they're all standing in front of a stripper pole with a couple girls dancing around it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And they're just mowing down chicken wings left and right. You imagine it. Jermaine Dupree, T.I., 2 Chains, Usher, Little John, Jeezy. Soldier Boy, Andre 3000 from Outcast, just to name a few. John Mayer, Ronald Acuna Jr., 
with all the gold that he wears around his neck. That dude can mash, though. That guy's a problem. And Lou Will just mowing down chicken wings, making it rain in Magic City, taking uh, little trips to the champagne room every once in a while. You know, just complete and utter debauchery at its finest. The other part of this deal is that the Clippers were really missing something. Okay. Um, the offense looks stagnant. It looks, you know, they're not getting to the rim. And they needed to do something. They need they needed to shake it up. Now here's the thing. Is Rondo the piece that fixes them? I don't know. I can't go, yes, he fixes it. And now here's the other thing. Can you imagine the first time that Paul George, PG-13, goes ISO, you know, in that, uh, in, not in the corner, but, you know, on the, on the side of the three-point line. And he's going ISO on a dude. And he steps back and he throws up one of those fall-away three-point shots that clink off the rim and just imagine Rondo's face when he watches that. Can you imagine that confrontation after that shot during the timeout? Rondo getting in PG, PG-13's face. Bro, what are you doing? Yo, that's a good shot. No, it's not. That is not a good shot. That is a terrible shot. I'm going to smack you in your head next time you shoot that. Rondo about that life. He really about that life. I have to excuse myself because the cat is tripping in the room, meowing everywhere. Yo, listen, unedited. You know what I'm saying? I got to give it to you rough, rugged and raw. So, excuse the cat. But yeah. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see Rajon Rondo looking at Paul George ISOing on the side. You know, just dancing, doing his thing, going between his legs. He doesn't go straight up for the three. He kind of falls back. Kind of, you know, Dirk Davinsky style. But, you know, more athletic. And that three kind of bounces off the rim. And then Rondo shoots Paul George the look. The look of death. Like, bro, next time you shoot that, you and me in the locker room. You know, like, steel cage death match. Best trade of the day. Playoff Rondo to the Clippers. And Lou Williams being reunited with ATL. Now, you know, he'll play some basketball every once in a while. But he gonna be he gonna be chilling at Magic City. You can best believe that. Alright, let's see. I think I have a couple more things here and then we can bounce. Oh no, I got a lot more. Alright. Now we finally get to Houston. And uh Houston, the city of Houston. Okay. I know you guys think that. I'm against you on this podcast, and I'm not. I just want to tell you, 
I do got love for you guys. Um, I'm, you guys are going through it though, but you, your team is in the news again. They just in the news again, man. All right, so Houston trades Victor Oladipo away to Miami for absolutely nothing, basically. All right, so if you want to talk to me about the pick swap, we can go ahead and talk about it. Here's the thing. Let me take a let me take a sip of diet coke. Give me one second. All right. So you want to talk pick swap in 2022? So Houston, what's their What's their outlook for 2022? Better yet, what's Miami's outlook with cap space? You know what I'm saying? There's a Kawhi rumor lurking out there somewhere. Could you know that Pat Riley is going to go and try to get a star? You know that. So the pick swap is meaningless. Okay. Alright, so you get that. Big whoops. I mean, think about this. How many games better do you think the Miami Heat are going to be than the Houston Rockets next year? I mean, really. I mean, they were, they're going to be terrible this year. And just because you get one dude in the draft doesn't mean that you are now on a playoff run, you got to build that thing up from the from the ground up. You burned it down. Now you got to build it up, Houston. I mean, you got to think about this, right? You started the year. You had James Harden on your team, okay? You had actually let me let me pivot real quick. I'm going to get back to Houston. But let me tell you what Houston got. So they got the pick swap which was non-existent. They got Avery Bradley, who will end up being a buyout and going to the Lakers. So Houston, as a Laker fan, I thank you for picking up Avery Bradley. And if you could go ahead and speed along that buyout so the Lakers can go ahead and sign him, that'll be great. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Raphael Stone, get on that real quick. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to get this done. All right, Drummond, Drummond's already in the la-la, waiting for Cleveland to get done, you know, stop picking, their, stop picking their nose. He's already here, waiting to sign the contract. Houston, don't drag your feet. Get that buyout done. And then they picked up Kelly Olenek. I mean, good backup, stretch five, nothing, you know, nothing to write home about. So you get Victor Oladipo, right? You know, a couple years ago, all-star, all this sort of thing. And I understand. I understand. I mean, optically, he looked terrible this year. But, you know, there's still value there. If you did not end up not with one young player or a some sort of significant pick whatsoever, even a second rounder, Two second rounders is Victor Oladipo. 
you got nothing in this deal. It's going to really end up being you traded Victor Oladipo for Kelly Olenek. And I'm going to tell you, Houston fans, y'all should be out just outraged by what's going on in your town with your sports teams. You know what I'm saying? This is not Football Friday, so we're not going to even get into it. But I'm going to tell you right now, Houston, y'all need to go ahead and start checking some people real quick. Because your baseball team is tripping. Your basketball team is super tripping. And your football team is just off the chain tripping. I don't even know what's going on there. But if this trade turns out to be Victor Olodipo for Kelly Olenek, we got a real problem with that. Okay? I mean, you could have got a couple second rounders, a couple, couple of second rounders for a Euro guy and stashed them away for a couple years until he developed. <laughs> the Miami Heat's president of player personnel, Pat Riley, bullied Houston's GM, Raphael Stone, into this deal. I can see it now. Riley gave that godfather slick talk to Raphael Stone, telling Stone, hey, hey, youngster, we all got to do the favors for the old guard. Raphael Stone just enamored with Pat Riley's hair. Okay, Mr. Riley, we don't want any problems, sir. You know, just, okay, just tell me what you need. And we'll go ahead and take care of it. So Houston started out the year with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Covington, P.J. Tucker, and Christian Wood. Now, Christian Wood was hurt. You know, that, that messed a lot of stuff up. But here's the thing. Harden leaves. What did you get for Harden? Oh, okay, you got Victor Oladipo. What you get for Victor Oladipo? Hmm, nothing. Now, keep in mind, in that Harden trade, right, look at some of the pieces that went other places. Karis Levert, okay, he's doing pretty good, right? Jared Allen, he's doing pretty good. Hmm. So, you got none of that. You got Victor Oladipo, and then you flipped him. For Kelly Olenek, basically. Because, you know, if in the paper, in your in your paper in Houston, Houston Rockets fans, if if your newspaper guy is trying to sell you on that pick swap, you can go ahead and tell him to stick it with a sun don't shine. Now, here's the other thing with the team. This is why I'm saying that they could have used some players back. Okay? So, listen to this real quick. John Wall, knee, he's having his scope. He's out for the year. Eric Gordon, groin injury, four to six weeks. He's gone. Jay Sean Tate right now is playing small forward. He's out of position. Christian Wood just came back from injury, and he's probably going like, what team am I on right now? Hell, when I was here before, we had some dudes. Now all of a sudden, they're gone? Oh, man, I may as well just continue to rehab the knee. All right. You got um, Dante Exum, always hurt. 
uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. Just happy to be in the league. And then you got Daniel House, who's hoping for more bubble action. <laughs> Listen, go back to the archive pods. That's all I can tell you. All I can tell you is that you need to go back to the archive pods. And I did a whole thing on Daniel House, so I'm not going to go there. I just don't know how this happens. I just don't know how you end up literally with, if you talk about it over the last couple years, you had three future Hall of Famers. You had Chris Paul, which you traded for Westbrook because James Harden told you to. Then you trade Westbrook to Washington and you got John Wall back who's coming off the Achilles tear who next year will look better, right? I mean, he has some flashes this year, but next year he'll look better, you know, uh, another year removed. And they said that the, the knee scope injury is not, it's not really an injury, it's just a cleanup. So, yeah, get that taken care of as early as possible. Okay? And then you trade James Harden. Now, if you're seeing Vucevic go for two first-rounders and all this other stuff, and dudes and, you know, whatever coming back, and you see even Aaron Gordon bringing some pieces back for you as well, how did Houston end up with absolutely nothing? And you just treated within a two-year period three Hall of Famers. I have no clue. I'm so upset for you, Houston. I know that you feel that I pick on you and I pick on your franchises. But right now, it's just like that movie Life with uh, Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy. And that character can't get right. Your, your franchises can't get right. This is why you can't have nice things. You can't have nice things. Because your player personnel people are doing a terrible job. That's why. Alright. And shout out to Miami. The Don. Riley. Pulling off that magic trick. Listen, you're going to give us Victor Oladipo for absolutely nothing. And you ain't got nothing to say about it. All right, Raphael Stone. Okay, sir. Don't need any trouble. Here. Here you go. Here's Victor. He'll be ready to play for you in the next couple days. All right. You go ahead and get that dude down here to Miami as quickly as possible. <laughs> you kidding me? Oh, man, Houston. I'm so sorry for you guys. All right. The last trade, which was, um, you know, it was all right. You got uh, J.J. Reddick going to Dallas, you know, um, from New Orleans. And they get a second-round pick. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, honestly, hey, outside shooter, more, more space for Luka. You know, Seth, you know, Seth Curry is gone. And uh, Richardson is playing terrible. He's never rekindled his outside shooting ability of a couple years ago. That guy just looks like a shell of himself. So, 
you know, you needed an outside shooter. Reddick needed a change of scenery. New Orleans was uh, getting a little, was wearing on him a little bit. It's almost time for him to shut it down. Wouldn't be a bad way to spend the next couple months, right? Shooting threes and watching Luka Doncic just do his thing and Porzingis starting to round into shape and starting to play better. I mean, you could do worse than J.J. Redick. I like to have him on the Lakers personally, even though he wouldn't be great defensively. We'd have to hide him. But, hey, second-round pick, who care at this? Yeah, Yeah, we'll definitely take J.J. Redick. For a second rounder. And for New Orleans. Somehow. They got. A pick for J.J. Redick. Which a lot of people were talking about. Maybe buyout for J.J. Redick. And that didn't happen. Which is great right. You get something for him. You're going to lose him anyway. So you got something. Seems like a win-win to me. I think it's great. So. That's pretty much it. That's the trade deadline special. QP Sports Exchange is just really happy that we can bring it to you. I'm going to go ahead and put it up. Listen, this is not going to be edited. There's going to be some points in this where you kind of go like, what is he doing? I'm reading. I'm trying to make sure I got all the notes correct so I can go ahead and bring you nothing but hot takes off the dome. Here's the thing. If there's a team that you are absolutely disappointed in, in the trade deadline special that they didn't do anything hit me up on twitter qpp network on instagram and facebook it's question point pod network let's get interactive let's get crazy let's start making fake trades for you know the off season we got to talk about the draft coming up and guess what there's gonna be more basketball you know there's gonna be a hoop monday You know what I'm saying? You know there's going to be a Hoop Questions Monday. So get after it. Those social media platforms are for you. QP Nation, you know how it gets down. You want your team talked about. You want a player talked about. All you have to do is hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, on Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network, and we're going to go ahead and do it like this. All right. As far as the football Friday, what we're going to do is we're probably just going to go ahead and kick it to next week. All the stuff was done. We kind of talked about it. I'm working on something um, with uh, Green Bay as far as that's concerned. So what I'll do is be able to kind of get that all filed out. And I might do some kind of quick little thing on Saturday. You know, I'll kind of gather some notes together. So there will be something for Football Friday. It just will be on Saturday. And then we'll have the full Football Friday come Friday after tomorrow. All right? So for everybody who tunes in to both pods, first of all, what I want to say is tremendous, tremendous gratitude from me. I think you the listener the audience to download and subscribe this crazy podcast that i do in my kitchen or at the dining room table you know what i'm saying this is where i do it at this is what i do but you know what i give you nothing but quality entertainment and news so you know what you're welcome as well all right so on that note 
who I'm going to shout out my wife, Belinda, for allowing me to do this crazy pod because it was last minute. And also, I'm going to thank the listeners again. Listen, you guys be well. All right. Take care of yourself. Take care of your neighbors. And if you can, give a little change. Give a little donation to some of these worthwhile causes out there. If you also are a fan of Question Point Pod Network and going on Facebook, I have a fundraiser for the Long Beach Rescue Mission. Um, As you know, I'm a graduate from there. I am a person who drank for over 30 years. Towards the end, it got real bad. Uh, We did a pod earlier in the week, um, and it was dedicated to my sister who lost her battle um, to her addiction. And she would have been 33 on uh, March 22nd. So what I tried to do is turn a negative into a positive because here's the thing. Everybody is redeemable. Everybody is worth something. Your value on this planet, you wouldn't be on it if you weren't valuable. So what I'm trying to do is fight for those who can't fight for themselves right now. And there are a lot of organizations out there. There's a lot of people out there that want to help people who are less fortunate, who are struggling mightily. So if you go to Question Point Pod Network, and you go to the page, you'll see on there, there is a fundraiser going on for the Long Beach Rescue Mission. And if you can drop a couple dollars in that donation situation, your boy Vince would be much appreciated. And also the Long Beach Rescue Mission would appreciate you as well. With that being said, I'm bouncing, I'm out. The trades are done. Your boy can sleep, which is also good because I fell out of bed this morning because I was thinking about all the trades that was about to go down, right? And then after that, it is just time to get up out of here. You guys enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Go into your weekend. Get it crack-a-lacking like y'all do. And I am going to, you know, get ready for more pods coming up Saturday, Monday, and Friday. So usual schedule is Monday and Friday. This week, again, just because of the trade deadline special, I didn't know I was going to have to do a pod like this and go like an hour 30 to get it done. But I had to. I had no choice because it was too lit today. It was too legit to quit today we had a bunch of trades we had a good time with you and i am out